But strength can be weakness, Rita. What do you mean? Whenever anyone needs help, he's always ready to give in. Well, that's dangerous. When you help the wrong people, you're apt to get in trouble. He doesn't do that. He might if we played our cards right. You got an idea? I think so. The hearty cry of Hyo Silver has echoed through the years from the wild and untamed west of yesterday. It has acted as a symbol of courage to the oppressed, a challenge to the lawless. Let us return to the west of old and thrill to another of the Lone Ranger's stories featuring the most picturesque and colorful character ever to ride the plains and prairies. Welcome to The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger lives by a code of conduct. This conduct consists of two major parts, the Lone Ranger Creed and a set of guidelines. One of the Lone Ranger's creeds is that God put the firewood there, but that every man must gather and light it himself. The Lone Ranger is part of the Life Podcast Network. Our goal is to keep adding shows to our network that bring you good, family-friendly content. If you're interested in becoming involved with our podcast network, please go to lifepodcast.net and click on the Contact Us page. We're also working on a monthly live broadcast designed to connect Lone Ranger enthusiasts. Sign up at our Facebook page to keep up to date. And now, let's listen to another great tale of the Lone Ranger. When gold was discovered in the Black Hills, a new wave of emigration swept into the western United States. Along with the honest settlers came gamblers, criminals, and confidence men, and the mining towns ran wide open. It was in the hills that the Lone Ranger led the fight against the powerful and ruthless Drexel Syndicate, and it was only his strength and courage that made possible the victory of right over might. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of a great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. We're heading for Deadwood. Hail, Silver! The Golden Lady Cafe was one of Clark Drexel's many properties in Deadwood. When he reached the town, the doors were thrown open to all the miners, and drinks were on the house. Clark himself stood near the door and shook hands with every newcomer. At midnight, he climbed the stairs to the balcony, walked past several private rooms, and opened the door of the office. Rita Perry, who operated the cave, was waiting for Drexel. Well, Rita, it's quite a party downstairs. It should be. It's going to cost you more than a thousand dollars. We'll get it back tomorrow night. That's possible. I have all the figures on the cafe here since we opened up. Cost of the building, income, expenses. You'll find everything's in order. I know I will. You've done a good job. Only wish my other employees were as competent. Talking about Beasley? Yes. What are you going to do about him? Nothing. Aren't you even going over to jail and see him? I should say not. I've already told the sheriff I'd not be responsible for anything Beasley did. He acted without orders from me. 
That's a lie, of course. Not exactly. I left the choice of methods up to him. He evidently chose the wrong ones and was stupid enough to get caught. I'll let him serve his sentence. Who's going to manage your mining property? I'll handle it personally for the time being. Then uh, you plan to stay here? For a while, until things get running smoothly again. And I can't understand why Beasley failed. He was a good man in Virginia City. The opposition was a little bit too much for him, that's all. Opposition? You don't mean the sheriff. No. <laughs> then my good friend Benjamin Steele hasn't become interested in gold, has he? I don't think so. Ben's in Texas. And what's the opposition? Did, um, did you ever hear of the Lone Ranger? Yes, I have. Well? Out with it. What's he been up to? He stopped Beasley in every deal he tried to put through. Finished up by sending him to jail. Is he still around here? Judge Bartlett saw him yesterday afternoon. Bartlett? Yes. Bartlett's one of our men. Drives the stage between here and Crawford. He saw the Lone Ranger about five miles from town, near Lookout Hill. Only five miles? Well, you know, I've often thought I'd like to meet the Lone Ranger. Don't forget what happened to John Kimberly. The Lone Ranger's never been beaten. There's a reason for that. Most men have some weakness. Find it and you've got them. That isn't true of him. I know. That's why everyone who's fought him has met defeat. But strength can be weakness, Rita. What do you mean? Whenever anyone needs help, he's always ready to give in. Well, that's dangerous. When you help the wrong people, you're apt to get in trouble. He doesn't do that. He might if we played our cards right. You got an idea? I think so. If the Lone Ranger never comes into town, how does he get his information? There's an Indian called Tonto that travels with him. I've often seen him around town. Does he ever come to the Golden Lady? Now and then. Good. Let me know the next time he shows up. Now, wait a minute, Clark. We haven't got a chance in the world of framing the Lone Ranger in Deadwood. The sheriff won't believe a word against him. Black Hills cover a lot of territory. Isn't there some place he isn't known? Maybe in Crawford. It's a long way. Find out. That's easy. My brother Rance is over there. Better and better. We might be able to use the yellow coyote. None of that. Remember, he's my brother. That's the only reason anyone puts up with him. Just tip me off the next time you see Tano in here. By that time, I'll have my plan worked out. A week passed, and then one night, as Drexel was watching the play at the roulette table, Rita touched his arm. What? He's here, over by the door. You don't have to look. We'll talk a few seconds like this. When you start to fight, raise your voice so he can hear every word. Don't worry. What's the name we've read on? Who's supposed to hold his note? Frank Carson. 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 Room 9. Note's due when? Day after tomorrow? And that allows too much time. We'd better make it tomorrow at sundown. Stage leaves here in the morning and gets there about 4 o'clock. If it kept to its schedule, you'd be able to make it with a couple of hours to spare. Tomorrow at sundown. All right, I'm... I think I've got everything straight. All right. Now raise your voice. Get angry. <clears throat> I ought to have known better than to ask a favor from you. Now calm down, Rita. I won't calm down. My brother means a lot to me. He's got every cent invested in the mine. That's too bad. If he doesn't pay that note by sundown tomorrow, he'll lose it. You've got to help him out, Clark. I won't, and that's final. But it won't cost you anything. Think of it as a business transaction. It's a good investment. <laughs> All you have to do is take over the note. In another 30 days, the mine will be producing, and Rance can pay you back with interest. I realize that. What? You don't know much about my affairs, Rita. I know plenty. This Frank Carson who holds the note is one of my agents. Your agent? Of course. He was acting for me when he lent your brother the money. By sundown tomorrow, the blue moon will belong to me. You'll get it for just $10,000. Yeah, that's right. You think you will, but you won't. 
I'll see that Rance gets the money. How? I've got my diamonds, haven't I? You won't be able to sell them in Deadwood. I'll see to that. I'll take them to Crawford on the morning stage. I'll sell them there. You can and don't try it. You'll try and stop me. Rita was the only passenger on the stage the following morning. Judd Bartlett was the driver. And as usual on the Crawford run, there was no guard. They rattled out of town and along the trail until they drew near Lookout Hill. Then Judd reined up, climbed down from the box, and started to work in the wooden axle with a saw. Rita watched him. I don't saw all the way through. No. Now you leave it to me. Well, hurry up. There's camp somewhere around here. He might show up at any minute. Oh, that's enough, I guess. Hurry up. What's the matter? I see a cloud of dust to the south. That might be him. All I have to do is drive the stage over that rock up ahead. Better get in. All right, but hurry. Judd swung to the driver's seat and whipped up the team. Get out there, boy! In a moment, the right rear wheel of the stage careened over a large rock to the side of the trail. There was a loud crack as the weakened axle broke. The dragging coach soon brought the horses to a stop. That's that. That's fine, Judd. Yeah. <laughs> he was too far away to see what I was up to. Don't stand around. Get one of the horses unharnessed. As if you're going to start over the hill to the telegraph office. Kino. A white horse. The Lone Ranger, all right. I can see his mask now. That'll let me do all the talking. Suits me. Help! Well, you ought to let on that you're scared when you see his mask. I will. Then I can tell you who he is. Fine. And... Judd, it's an outlaw. Clark's hired an outlaw to hold us up. Well, you're local. He ain't no outlaw. That is the best, anyway. You hear what he called his horse? That's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Well, what's happened? Well, looks like dirty work to me. Somebody saw the axle almost all the way through. When I hit that rock back there, it cracked. It wasn't just somebody. Clark Drexel's behind this, that no-good schemer. Clark Drexel? Yes. He knew I had to get that bike to Crawford by four o'clock. I was going to ride over the hill to the telegraph office and send word for men to bring a new axle from Deadwood. I can't fix it myself. Oh, Judd, wait. If this man's a Lone Ranger, he'll help. Listen, mister. My brother's going to lose his mind if I don't get to Crawford. He's got to pay off a note by six o'clock. I've got to get there and sell my diamonds to help him. I see. Miss Rita, you don't have to go there yourself, do you? Of course I do. Haven't I explained time and time again that I'm the but only as one... as I see it, all that matters is for Rance to get the stones. Why don't you ask the Lone Ranger to take them for you? What? You couldn't find anybody better to trust, and it wouldn't take any time for Silver to get there. Of course. Would you do it? Would you do it, please? Why don't you ride one of the horses from the stage? Why... I'm afraid of horses. Oh, it's no use. I've already suggested that. Please. Here, take the diamonds. You're my only chance. I'll have to ride back to my camp first. Is it far? No. Then hurry. Please hurry. What's your brother's name? Rance Perry. I telegraphed him and he'll be waiting at the express office. How soon can you make it? Less than four hours. Don't worry, Miss Perry. I'll be there. Adios. Come on, Silver. Kimasabi. Big Tano, you'll have to help me with my disguise. And what happened? The girl started for Crawford, but the stage broke down. Uh, will say girl not get to Crawford. Oh, it's up to us now. I have the diamonds. You take them for her? Yes. But the sheriff in Crawford doesn't know me. I can't ride into town mask. Not right. I'm trying to fix disguise plenty quick. Are you a telegraph operator around here? Uh, sure, but Then I... go ahead and send the message. But look, if you've been held up and your diamonds have been taken, 
Why don't you notify the sheriff in Deadwood? It's closer. You aren't paid to argue. You're paid to send the message. You want to catch the crook, don't you? The sheriff at Crawford's the only one who can do that. It's a long way. But that's where the mask numbering was headed. Send the message. Okay. Boys, there's been a holdup on a trail near Lookout Hill. A masked man on a white horse. You mean the stage was held up, Sheriff? Yep. My sister was on that stage. She was bringing me some diamonds. The masked man got him, Rance. But he's heading this way, and I'm rounding up a posse right now. You've got to catch him. Get your horses saddled, boys. We're going after the car. For its last five miles, the trail to Crawford led through Shadow Canyon. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had covered half the distance when the Indian suddenly raised his arm and a signal to rein up. What's the matter, Tonto? It's hard to tell when he ride. I tried to think him here, other horse. Yes, I think you're right. Ah, uh, many horse. That Drexel's men were in for trouble. Only way to Crawford, go through Canyon. We can't turn back, but just in case anything happens, we'll make sure they don't get the diamonds. What do you mean? It's only a little past twelve. There's plenty of time. We'll leave the diamonds in those rocks over there and then ride on. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. Sheriff riding in front. Oh, You're covered, mister. I can see that. You aren't wearing a mask, but there couldn't be another white horse like that in the West. Stand up, scout! Look out, the engine's making a break for it. Let him go. There was only one man held up the stage. What stage? The Deadwood stage at Lookout Hill. And you're the Aubrey who did it. But, Sheriff, maybe the engine's got the diamonds. Oh, I never thought of that. Pete, Shorty Al, get after him. Rest up and grab hold of this one and search him. You won't find anything. I told you, the engine. We'll get him. They'll end up in jail together. Tie him up, boy. Right, come on. Tie him up. Come on. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Next time on The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. Kimosabe. Uh, why then put you in jail? They've accused me of holding up the stage and stealing the diamonds. That argument between Rita and Clark Drexel was the beginning of a frame-up. Oh, that's plenty bad. It's a good thing you got away. It's always a good thing to have one of us on the outside. And that's right. The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger, is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Some of the audio for this podcast was provided by the archive.org online database.